Welcome to Code Grays, an episode-by-episode episode recap of classic Grey's Anatomy. I'm Teresa Rosado, and I am joined by Patrice Anthony to discuss Season 3, Episode 5, Oh, the Guilt. It's just the two of us again. Yeah. We have some good news, bad news. The good news is Megan, our beloved Megan, has been accepted into a graduate program. Which is incredibly exciting. I want to tell you where, but, you know, we I don't want to dox can't. Megan. Yeah. Um, but it's exciting. She's very accomplished and intelligent and amazing. We and love also and super hot, which is not as important, I guess, but I think it's important to mention. I'm sure they thought about that when admitting her. <laughs> um, and so she is going to be like an occasional guest host. But is largely going to be working and and going to fucking graduate school. (laughs) And now it's just us, the uneducated, unwashed masses, (laughs) here to give you grades recaps. Drinking and talking to each other only. Yeah, Um, because we have nothing better to do. Truly. (laughs) Let me tell you something, listener. I really, really don't have anything better to do right now. Anyway, um, we are going to tackle this episode um, and we're going to we're going to try to power on through it because we just spent like 30 minutes trying to configure our fucking microphones. How have we not figured this out by now? We thought we had it figured out and, uh, you know, we didn't. We didn't. We forgot because we're uneducated. (laughs) I'm going to go back to graduate school for (laughs) audio engineering. (laughs) Just so I can continue this this podcast this podcast it pays well that six people total listen to, um, it pays well. Seems like you know I got free endeavor. I got free scotch tonight, so it sort of pays from well. me. Yeah, who pays for that? Well, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> free for me is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Um, Patrice, you're going to do the episode summary today. I am. For like a pretty fun episode. I enjoyed this one. Yeah. I had a good time with it's it. It's a good one. Um, so I'm going to get my timer ready. You're going to have 30 seconds. Time me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Don't time me, bro. <laughs> it's time for the rounds. Let's get the rounds going. All right. Are you ready? In three, two, one, go. All right, so in this episode, we have Anna Niles, who is a new mother who has breast cancer and is coming in for a mastectomy, and she probably has postpartum depression, let's be real. Also, Sonia Kalman and Adam Morris, who are ex-husband and ex-wife, who are stuck together in a sexual position uh, because they're still fucking each other, even though they've been divorced for a while. Uh, His penile... Piercing. And you're done. I think we can leave it right there. It's penile piercing. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. Leave our listeners wanting more. Yeah, yeah. You got to just rip through it. I'm bad at talking. There's literally only two (laughs) I'm bad at talking, says the podcast host. Yeah, listen. (laughs) No one's here because I'm a great orator. (laughs) (laughs) Megan. (laughs) We miss you already. Where, so, um... So let's just pick up. Let's just pick up in the opening. Yeah. Where Izzy's cooking again. Yeah. But now she has an $8.7 million check on the fridge. 
And I will feel, I will say honestly that I identify with Izzy in this moment because mm. I am a stress cooker. If there's something on my mind, mm. I'm like, I'm going to cook it out. Mm. It's very meditative. Um, I get it. My partner also feels that cooking is meditative and um, I, I don't have that. I don't share that. Mm. Cooking stresses me out. Mm-mm. Izzy stresses me out. Yeah, she's weird. She's, like, very frantic while cooking, which is not my vibe. Yeah. I said that um, I wish Izzy... I wish in early Grey's Anatomy that Izzy was just, like, the Phoebe of this friend group. Like, she was just, like, a fucking weirdo who happened to live there but wasn't a doctor. Mm-hmm. And, like, every once in a while we'd, like, hear about her crazy shenanigans. Like, just bringing <laughs> muffins to local bars. Isn't I, that what she is right now? Yeah, but I just wish she stays that. I wish she'd been introduced that way and okay. that that's her only character arc. I see. Okay. Um, because actual Izzy is so terrible. True facts. <laughs> um, so this episode starts out with the interns finding out that there is going to be an M M M. Woo! Yeah! Cue the M music! I was very excited. I forgot about this in this yeah, episode. Yeah, I did too. I did too. It's almost like as soon as Denny died, I deleted his entire person from my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, over overall, this episode is about guilt, though. The opening monologue is Meredith mm-hmm. talking about guilt. Um, and that comes up in multiple ways throughout the patients and the interns. And so the scene after Izzy is uh, cooking... The interns are in the locker room and they're talking about Meredith and how she hasn't told Derek that she broke up with Finn. But they're also talking about Izzy and how she won't cash that $8.7 million check and instead like spilling juice all over it. Um, (laughs) That's a great way of putting it. Because apparently she has survivor's guilt or something and (laughs) Meredith should feel guilty question mark for not telling Derek that she broke up with Finn. Like, yeah, Meredith is very weird. I'm yeah. like, let's not, let's uh, pay attention to scope here. Yeah. <laughs> Feels very weird. One of these things is not deeply worse than like the, the other. other. <laughs> yeah. Not are, like the these other. These are not close in scale. So they're talking, they run out and Bailey immediately tells them that there's going to be an M&M and that they have to be there. Um, and I think, one, I think it's really weird that Bailey doesn't tell them that the M&M is going to be about Denny. It's a real bitch move. It seems really <laughs> weird. Like, it's obviously the first M&M that they get to go to. Yeah, they're very excited about it. They should probably question why they get to go to it. Right. And that she doesn't tell them that that's what's going to be discussed seems very weird. But Our the interns, interns aren't are the best amped. at uh, critical thinking, as it turns out. Apparently, they don't teach that Which in is med bad, school. Which is because they're only doctors. in liberal arts. <laughs> yes, only in liberal arts educations. I like that you pointed out, too, that they have M&Ms once a month. And this is the M&M on Denny. Which means it has just been a month since Denny yeah. died. And you were like, what is time on this show? I don't Which understand. I didn't even catch that. But I have literally been under the assumption that like three months have passed by. It, it's truly none of these 
none of these storylines make sense. No. Given that they've all taken place in the span of one month. Yes. Burke's storyline, maybe least of all. What the fuck? Why are we rushing this man into surgery? I have so many questions. Mm. Anyway. Oh my God. It's also funny that they wouldn't, I, I mean, yes, Bailey should have told them that the Eminem was on Denny, but like, why wouldn't they know that Denny would be part right. of this Eminem? Right. At a space where doctors discuss how things went wrong. Yes. Why would they not discuss this huge thing that went wrong? <laughs> They're just not very bright. Um, but Christina brought snacks. So <laughs> Jesus. So did. many snacks. She did. How yeah. long did she think this Eminem was going to last? I don't know. And also that it wouldn't be like pin needle quiet yeah that they wouldn't hear them munching and crunching on their snacks again not critical thinkers this group <laughs> so this morbidity and mortality happens um what were your thoughts on the m&m not as much fun as our weekly m&ms i would say definitely not <laughs> um i really felt like i was curious about how M&M's go down at real hospitals. Listen, any local hospitals that want to invite us to an M&M, we're yeah. ready. Or if you're not local and want to fly us there. Oh, shit. If things with coronavirus subside, we'll consider it. <laughs> Trees is only leaving if there's no coronavirus. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm curious about that, but it, it felt very weird and... Actually, no, this part didn't feel weird. The fact that there was a white male doctor who stood up to just, like, assault two black doctors. <sighs> totally realistic. That was the most... Yeah, that was the storyline that made the most sense, actually. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Um, but I just... I Yeah, I felt confused about what the purpose of the Eminem was and why this one doctor was just so hostile. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. What were your thoughts? He's... um. He's really terrible. Um, I thought that Burke actually handles the situation. Burke takes the lead on the M&M, which is a little bit weird. Like, yes, he was the attending for Denny, but he was also in surgery for a gunshot wound when all of this shit went down. So it's like Burke was going to take another bullet kind of here. And he does a good job doing that. Eh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, I'm trying to remember now. So when Denny gets the transplant, who operates? Your girl. Sorry, I was, I was drinking. Your whiskey. girl. Your girl. Bailey. Erica Hahn. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. I almost forgot. Your Shit. girl, Bailey. No, come on. Your actual yes. girl, Erica Hahn. I fucking love Erica Hahn. I can't <laughs> wait until she comes back. I can't believe I forgot about her. They should have flown her in either. Yeah, for, for this the M&M. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so Dr. Burke, Hahn, what do you feel like yeah. happened? So Burke does well, and then when Bailey gets up there, it's just... it. My thought was just, where the fuck is HR? Con- like, that's my constant thought. I mean, his line of questioning um, is so, like... Have you stopped beating your wife? You know what I mean? Like, that's the logical fallacy that he leads with, with one of his questions to Bailey. Doctor, why do you think your interns have such contempt for your authority? And it's just like... He also says that they were running amok. Yeah, like, running amok. <laughs> which makes me think of, like, amok, 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 yes. from, like, Hocus Pocus. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, Sarah Jessica. Ooh. Um... It's, it's so, like, it's just so gross. I'm, there's not a way to answer that question without um, incriminating yourself, right? right? Like, it very literally is the, have you stopped beating your wife of questions. 
Um, and then it's also so incredibly frustrating. So he's not asking her fair questions. And then he's also, you know, saying you had a baby recently. Um, how did that factor in? Which yeah. is just like, you can't ask that. That's it's just not a total something you can ask. Personal <laughs> attack. There's nothing about this that is about the medical facts right. of the um, case or even how things could have been improved. It's right. literally just a witch hunt. Right. And it's, it's infuriating because, of course, like, there are so many levels of negligence and, like, criminal negligence in the Denny Duquette case. And yet we can't really sit with those thorny issues because we just have this asshole doc asking inappropriate questions. And instead, right. our focus is on, like, what a dick that dude is instead of, like, wow, this was a really fucked up situation that really should be parsed <laughs> at some point. Um, and then later this HR guy, you know, this HR guy, phew, um, he probably does work for HR given how this hospital works. But then he's, he tells Bailey later after the M&M, it's not personal, you know? And it's like, when it's not, yeah. And she's like, you're asking you're, deeply personal yeah, questions. That's exactly what she said. She's like, when you're asking me about like my hormones, it feels pretty personal, which pretty is, personal, which is spot on. Yeah. Um, and I'm still very tired of this thread that they have going about <sighs> Bailey being weak because she had a baby. And and also, like, even though they sort of turn it around at the end of the episode because the chief says, like, make being a parent makes you a better doctor. It's, it's still, still, yeah, it doesn't <sighs> value her skill as a doctor. Yeah. And instead is about how somehow motherhood has made her... I. I hate it. I yeah. fucking hate like, it. Like, thanks to motherhood, you now have this array of soft skills that maybe you didn't have previously. And it's just like, she's but, still not fuck. She's not Raj, man. Like, she still shouldn't be doing this work because she's a fucking surgeon. And also, like, you know that she's an exceptional surgeon. So giving this baby, I don't know. Like... Yeah. The kudos for Bailey's skill is just so insane. It's it's really gross. It's like it's like I understand what Shonda was trying to do with the storyline of like motherhood is empowering and like whatever, whatever, but yeah, it just don't be doesn't hit right. Of, of how a baby softens you. Yeah. And it's like Which like we're two people speaking as people who have never had children. So like I don't know, maybe a baby does soften. In our but. probably not described uh, routinely by those around us as <laughs> soft hearted <laughs> in any way. We're not soft. <laughs> We're just unfeeling <laughs> I have to hard say, shells. I have to say, a kid, I was uh, at the climbing gym with my friend last night, and there was this kid climbing with his dad, and I, I've seen them around at the gym before, and they, they really freak me out, because the dad clearly does not know what the fuck he's doing. Um, and the dad, like, disappeared for a period of time. This kid was, like, rocketing up the wall, and then I could see the fall happening, and he just, he just like, dropped like a fucking stone. And I leapt from the bench that I was sitting on and like ran to push him away from the wall. And he and like then was standing over him as he was like looking up confused because who the fuck was I? And I just like looked back at my friend and I was like very suddenly like deeply self-conscious. So I was like, I didn't realize I had that instinct. Look at that paternal instinct. And it's extremely strange that this just happened, but... It just was automatic. I was like, must get to child. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, anyway, 
So maybe having a child does soften you. Right. You gotta us protect them. They got a lot the of soft spots, those yeah. children. Yeah, but that just has nothing to do with their skill as a surgeon. No, no. Which brings us to this case that she's working on. Yeah, Anna, Anna Niles. Niles. Who's played by Justina Machado, who is Darcy on Jane the Virgin, um, who I love. Anyway, I love this actress. I love the character of Darcy on Jane the Virgin. Um, I only watched like the first season of Jane the Virgin. That's fine. I'm just finishing it, actually. I have like half of the final season left. Because I don't like Gina Rodriguez. Well, she's very terrible. (laughs) It pains me to say, but wow. (laughs) Wow. Just do it one more time. Wow. <laughs> if someone could clip that and send it to Gina Rodriguez, that's how I feel about her. Wow. Wow. Okay, so Anna Niles. <laughs> Not my Puerto Rican queen. Oh. No. She can't sit with us. Ooh. Ouch. She cannot sit with Gina me and Jennifer Puerto Lopez. Rican? Unfortunately, Gina Rodriguez oh, is Puerto Rican, which I was initially really excited about. And I'm then so I found sorry. out she was one of those anti-black Puerto Ricans. And I was like, now we have nothing in common. Thanks. I'm sorry. Thanks. Sorry for your people. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. We're just such assholes about the fact that clearly we have African ancestry. <laughs> Anyway, Anna Niles. <laughs> Soon there'll be a corner of grace that's just called race talk. <laughs> just just talking race. <laughs> Ways in which people are disappointing us daily. Oof. Um, All right, so Anna Niles, do you want to talk a bit more about her case and what's going on? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty affecting case. Um, she is a, a new mom um, who also has stage 2B breast cancer. I did not look that up. Um, I, I did, actually. Uh, thank God for you, Teresa. <laughs> Literally, thank God. <laughs> yes, nailing it. Um, and she is quite obviously having a really difficult time. Um, she's gotten, um, she's become really distant with both her husband, but with her baby in particular. Um, and she's also kind of, uh, emotionally distancing herself from the breast cancer diagnosis and like the next steps involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and her husband, who's a really sweet man, I actually I really liked this actor despite being deeply strange looking. Um, <laughs> I thought he gave a really affecting performance and like the baby was so fucking cute. Um, but like the husband is just like, clearly has a relationship with Bailey. Like mm-hmm. she's been working with them, you know, for a while. Um, And he just is like, someone has to get through to her. Like, she has to have these procedures. We have to have these conversations. What is happening to my wife? Yeah. And so, of course, Bailey is tasked with a case that is emotional and Mm. not just medical. Um, And so she does a lot of, um, she uses a lot of, like, avoidance strategies throughout the episode because she feels correctly under attack after this Eminem Yeah. Um, not a true surgeon. Yeah, and we get to see that uh, flip, that switch flip, uh, because prior to the M&M, she's talking to the Nileses and is holding their baby and is so excited to see them. And then directly afterward, she, you know, Mr. Niles confronts her, or not confronts, that's the wrong word, but comes up to her to talk to her about, like, what's going on with his wife and that dickbag doctor standing next to her. And she just sort of flips that 
cool switch to say like, nope, I'm a doctor. Maybe uh, someone from plastics should come and talk to her or maybe she needs a psych consult, mm-hmm. which Raj, she does she need, does need, a, need psych a psych consult. consult. The fact that like, <laughs> I mean, I can't tell how old their baby is, but that baby's definitely over a year old, yeah. maybe 13 or 14 months. And so the assumption is that like she developed cancer, but thought that maybe it was a clogged milk duct mm. and and that's why she didn't go to the doctor right away to figure out what the lump was. And so, you know, presumably she's probably had it for a little while. Um, and the fact that no one has thought to consult any sort of therapist <sighs> about what she's going through is baffling to me. <laughs> it's such a failing on this show. It's, it's very... Um... It's very frustrating as as a person who's like, I feel like constantly talking about uh, therapy and like mental health shit. It's like, ah, the show is so like, it's surgical or it doesn't matter. Right. Which Um, I mean, that's what the show's about. That is what the show's about. Let's get intersectional. Yeah. But the, but the husband is like, you know, I, I don't need a psych consult consult. I need my wife back. And it's like. Yeah, dude, and like a psych consult will help with that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Therapy is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, ultimately, Bailey gets through to Anna um, because she comes back to have compassion after the chief gives her this like bullshit monologue. It's not bullshit, but it kind of is bullshit about how being a parent makes her more compassionate and that makes her a good doctor. Um, and so she goes to Anna and talks to her about how sometimes she resents Tuck, her baby, uh, when she comes home after a long day, which like valid girl, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like your baby's screaming and you just walked in from a long day and who knows what the fuck your husband Tucker senior does. Mm, mm-hmm. You never tell us. To be discussed. <laughs> um, and how she resents her baby sometimes, which valid emotional response that happens for a lot of people <laughs> yeah. who have new babies. Um, and so that gets through to her and then she yeah. has the mastectomy. Well, cause, yeah. Cause she rightly points out like you might resent your baby because if you hadn't been nursing, mm-hmm. you would have paid attention to, um, this lump. You wouldn't have made the assumption that it was a clogged duct. Yeah. Um, it's, I, again, I think that's a really affecting scene too. I think that the whole storyline with Bailey as like mother surgeon is very mishandled. Um, but like the performers involved in the storyline were very winning. Yeah, they did. I was predisposed to care about them. Yes, I definitely agree. I think that um, Justina, what's her last name? Machado. Machado. She does a really good job at just like portraying that sort of like internal angst that she's feeling. Um. We sort of like skipped over the part where like Alex and Mark are being dicks. Oh, Jesus. Before Bailey gets to the compassion part when she's trying to be very clinical about it. Mark comes in to talk about like reconstruction options and like is holding saline and talking to her about it. And um, she sort of says like, I don't really fucking care. You know, like you feel the breasts, (laughs) husband. Uh, And he's like, I don't care either. And (laughs) Mark and Alex are like, dude, you care. It's because so gross. all men care about our boobs and how yeah. they feel. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. It's, oh my God. It's, it's just really frustrating. Um, it's actually, it's actually funny because uh, the breast cancer storyline on Jane the Virgin, Justina Machado's other show, is 
really, really well done. And there is an entire episode about like a, a woman's choices when it mm. comes to mastectomy and reconstruction, yeah. etc. Well, this was 2006. Yes. And that show was made in So I'm heartened that we've come a long way in breast cancer storylines. Yeah. So ultimately, that story works out well. Yeah. I mean, as well as it can for someone who's getting a double mastectomy. Yeah. Yeah. But Oof. ultimately, yeah. still good. And Bailey... Tells that guy to shut the fuck up. Exactly right. Thank God. And we never see him again. He's useless. Um, <laughs> also useless, the sex couple. <laughs> yes. The you gave them couple. names. What are their names here? Well, because they have names. Oh, uh, you didn't give them names. No, I did. Up in <laughs> You also house. labeled them the sex couple. Sonia Kalman oh, and Adam that's right. Morris. That's right. That's right. Uh, so this two, is a harrowing storyline. Oh Every part of this is terrible. It's, I mean, they're obviously <laughs> there for levity and also to be sort of this um, weird, like mirror of maybe Addison and Derek, but it's so strange. So they come in, um, and I'm not really sure why Meredith is on Addison's service, <laughs> but Addison uh, pages her and. Um, Addison explains that there's a woman with a foreign object in her body. And then, bump bump <laughs> they enter the room and the foreign object is a man. Yeah. His penis is inside of her. Yep. Uh, so what has happened is that oh, this, uh, you know, presumably mid-50s man has gotten a Prince Edward. Is that what it's Prince called? Prince Albert. Prince Albert. There Prince we Albert. go. I don't know. Uh, and that... Piercing has hooked on to her I This sounds improbable to me, but like has hooked onto her IUD and then her IUD embedded into her vaginal wall. I'm guessing maybe what happened is that the strings got tangled in the piercing and then when they tried to dislodge, it pulled her IUD out of her cervix. Mm-hmm. And then, but the in, the embedding into the vaginal wall—that's the piece that I don't get. But if I whatever. can interrupt for just a moment, um, I did unfortunately do some googling on Oof. this very topic. Thank you. Teresa. Really fucked up my Google search results, and Patrice is exactly right. Um, it has much more to do with the strings, so it can take a couple of months for the strings of an IUD to like curl back up, and so it's. Very rare and very improbable, but technically, if someone is entering you and they have a Prince Albert piercing and it is after your IUD has been put in and before and also, the strings have curled back you have up, a, they you have a get long hooked. enough penis and you have a shallow yes. enough vagina. Yes, like, it's like a number of things, but then yes, this could happen. You could get entangled. This, this has happened like but again it's very unlikely don't you know don't don't panic for those of you out there uh with prince albert piercings i guess um yeah what small portion of our five (laughs) listeners has a prince albert (laughs) don't email us um yeah don't actually don't get in touch about that um that's too much information for us um but these people are just kind of I mean, it's it's funny, but it's also just it's sad. so uncomfortable and sad, and and it's very um, it's very much about guilt 
in mm. like a pretty potent way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Patrice, you and I each had a question related to the storyline. Mine was um, obviously the shallower question, which was, have you ever had sex with someone who had a genital piercing? <laughs> no. Same. Wait. No. <laughs> yeah. Haven't. Haven't either. Interesting. All right. And then your question was much more thoughtful. <laughs> I said, have you ever done something bad that you felt guilty about at first, but then didn't after a while? Hmm. I was raised Catholic, so guilt is oh. really part of my DNA. <laughs> but I would say, um, yes, probably. Do you want to share what that is or no? Um, you don't I, have to. I think that uh, it, I don't mind because it was such. So, I mean, it was just such a long time ago. But um, definitely everything related to like the first like girl I ever dated, mm. who was my best friend in high school, involved like a lot of lying. Like it involved lying to the guy that I was dating at mm. the time, and it involved like lying to my parents by omission, by like not being like <laughs> these sleepovers are. We're, we're exploiting the sleepover system, you know. Um, but it did... It Ultimately, did, why sleepovers are inherently flawed. They are. Or inherently great. Um, but I think that uh, to my like parents, like to my mom specifically, it never felt better. It always felt pretty bad. But to like the mm-hmm. guy I was dating at the time, I think... It got to a point where it, it didn't feel bad anymore. And I mean, I did eventually <laughs> break up with him. So I wasn't like a horrible person forever. But, you know, so yes. I think that like, I think that does, I think that can happen. I felt like her monologue was very, I, I felt what she was saying. And yeah. she was like, I have to tell my current husband about this because... Um, at first it felt so terrible and now it doesn't feel so terrible. And that, yeah. and that is terrible. What about you? Um, I just want to say for a second, only because this relates in a little bit, because Addison has the thing about radical honesty, is like, do you feel like radical honesty is like good? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of... um, uh, Could you not tell from my notes how I felt about this? (laughs) Interest and uptake right now where people are like, self-care value yourself blah 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 and then they're like radical honesty which i think that lots of people interpret as like i'm just gonna say whatever asshole shit is at the top of my mind yeah yeah, yeah. i um you know i have a (laughs) complicated i have a complicated relationship with honesty in that i really do in the core of my being hate lying um i hate being lied to maybe more than anything Mm. on earth. Um, But in terms of lying, I don't know. I I feel that radical honesty can be selfish. Mm. I feel like it can be selfish. Like it's only serving you to be honest. Yep. That like, I think sometimes radical honesty is uh, actually not that fucking radical. It's just you'll feel better once you've gotten it off your chest. And so that's why you're doing it. Mm. And I think that... um, I think that that kind of honesty can can do harm, and you have to be careful. I like I'm not up here being <laughs> advocating fucking lie to people, but but I am like I think you have to be careful about what your intentions are in in like 
uh, in telling someone something like that. Right. Like who's the honest like, servant? Like for instance, when I eventually, you know, broke up with my sort of ostensible high school sweetheart, like I wasn't like I'm gay, I've been uh, you know, seeing my best friend, like whatever, whatever. I you know, that would have just been that would have been hurtful, right? It was enough to just say I I don't love you or you know what I mean it was, that was hurtful enough to just be like I don't want to be in this relationship yeah. anymore I don't I didn't see any use in sort of pouring salt into that wound right and I feel like Addison this episode I'm just a little bit like ah you didn't have to do all that. Right. <laughs> like, I know. Well, yeah, she's only assuaging her own Yeah, She's not and I really helping the situation at all. <laughs> I think that's ethically dubious. And take your fucking brownstone, man. Like, people who just don't want to accept, like, the rich shit being given to them, I don't get that. But that's another... That's well, a she's totally already rich. Yeah, why. she is. She's got a fucking trust fund. She doesn't care. But that's two questions for you to answer now. Have you ever stopped feeling guilty about a thing? So, no. <laughs> because... Wait, were you also raised Catholic? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I okay. just never feel guilty about anything. Oh, I like it. Radical like honesty. It. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's it's pretty rare that I've ever felt guilty about anything. Uh, mostly because I feel like I try to present myself in like the... Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of opportunity for me to feel guilty unless it's like someone is making me feel guilty for something, not mm. like necessarily anything I've done wrong. Even like that summer I shoplifted all of my groceries. Don't feel guilty <laughs> about that. A bitch gotta eat. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> yeah. May, may, maybe universities should pay stipends at the beginning of the summer instead of the end. No guilt. Not wrong. Not <laughs> wrong at all. Um, so yeah, I, I can I feel like right now I cannot honestly think of a time when I felt guilty about something and had to admit that. Hmm. And I, I, I feel like I'm putting emphasis on guilty because there's been, th- there have been things that I've felt like I was wrong for doing and yeah. I apologize for that, but like guilt yeah, it's its, it's own a very potent, specific thing. It's its yeah. own potent thing. Um, and then what's the second question again? And then the second question is just simply like, where do you stand on radical honesty? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we've been talking about honesty a lot lately. You and me. We have. <laughs> um, I feel I feel like I'm honest pretty much all of the time. I put my feelings out there. Yeah. Um. I don't really ever lie to anyone because it doesn't serve me to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I also don't think that I'm a bitch about it. Sure. Like I'm not telling people like, man, I think you're really ugly and I fucking hate your face (laughs) because that's, that's just rude. (laughs) I don't need to be honest about that. Right. Right. Um, But I think I'm honest about, you know, things that matter. Yeah. And are important, but I, I I don't, and I think I'm upfront and I'm blunt about those things, but I don't think I'm hurtful. Yeah. Um, and I think that some people use radical honesty as a way to like hurt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
but to um, allow themselves to not feel bad about right. because they're just being hurting. honest. Yeah, it's honesty. We, we, I'm just being honest. We praise that. That's a good thing. I'm just yeah. telling the truth. Yeah, I think I. Yeah, I. I have. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have a tough time with with those conversations. Like it. it you know, I'm I'm a queer woman of a certain age, so conversations about <laughs> radical honesty happen all the fucking time, and I just always. I feel like I tend to like be a little bit quiet because I just am I it's not that I'm a dishonest person, but like I don't necessarily agree that honesty is the best policy. <laughs> and I think it's more complicated than that. Um, and yeah. OK. Yeah. All right. So that, that kind of brings us to like. Uh, Addison, Mark, and Derek, yes. because kind of what we're talking around here is that Derek and Addison, um, we find out in the opening of the episode, are navigating their divorce, and specifically uh, how which, they're splitting up their assets. I have to feel crazy. It's it's like <laughs> so. Number one, Doesn't we're seem real. we're saying in this timeline that it's been one month since Denny died. Yes, one month since uh, Derek. And Meredith slept together one month since Addison found the panties and the jacket and nailed them on the board. Divorces don't happen fast at all. Maybe they do, I guess, if you're like ultra fucking rich, but I still don't think so. I think they they take look at Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. That divorce took a while. Yeah, I think they take months. And that was like with Laura Wasserman. And she's like the most expensive divorce attorney of all time. (laughs) God, I hate that I know that. Anyway. So it's like baffling to me that they're already in this room dividing up assets yeah. and talking about it. Um, and that then Addison says that the divorce was finalized. Yeah. That is completely nuts to me. Yeah. But but maybe just divorces take longer with people who like can't agree upon what needs to happen. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess. I have no... I have no idea how divorces happen. This made it look very simple. Yeah, very. <laughs> but Marriage Story made it look very complicated. Yes, I've heard that, actually. <laughs> I've not seen Marriage Story. But it's I've terrible. Heard that Don't watch it. it. It's just two white people <laughs> yelling at each other for That's three what I've heard, hours. I've also heard that it'll make you really think twice about ever getting a divorce because it's expensive and exhausting. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I was, yeah, so I was surprised um, at how easy this was. And Derek, Derek is... Like, the only thing that I want is my trailer on my plot of land in Seattle, and I don't care about the rest, which includes a brownstone overlooking Central Park. A house in the Hamptons. A house in the Hamptons. And Addison's trust fund. <laughs> well, that, it doesn't include that because she had that before. That's true. That's what she came into the marriage with. Also, did you notice when, when, notice when Izzy uh, is talking to Addison about being rich that one of her names is Forbes? <laughs> Forbes Montgomery Shepherd. Yes, yes. Are they implying? <laughs> Is she from the Forbes? Like that's nuts. And also, then, like, if I was Addison Forbes Montgomery Shepherd, I would never work a day in my goddamn yeah, life. Yeah, it's or or like I'd be like a photographer or something. Right? Why would you be a surgeon? Right. Why would you choose to be in school for your entire life doing one of the most difficult, time-consuming, exhausting careers that we have available? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just Not. paint? <laughs> well, I guess, like, if money is no object, she didn't have to pay for that medical Still, she school. could have, like, enjoyed life. Instead, she was in school for, like, 20 years. Um, 
Anyway, Addison, <laughs> Addison is feeling guilty because Derek doesn't want any of that stuff. He's like... He just says, it was my fault. It was my fault. But he doesn't know. He doesn't know that it was an actual relationship Isn't between that a song? and Mark. He doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty... It's from some terrible teen movie. <laughs> Never mind. Um, I'll look it up later. <laughs> Please do. Um, he doesn't know that Addison and Mark, after Derek left Addison and moved across country... Where she didn't know what the fuck he was doing. They lived together for two months and tried to make it work. Yeah. I also got the I also got the impression though that they were fucking regularly during Addison's marriage to Derek. Mm. Did you not get that impression? I didn't. Because I definitely I in my mind was thinking that it was an affair even before Derek and Addison were separated. That it wasn't just like a one time thing. And then Derek moved across the country. Derek and Addison are separated and Addison and Mark are trying to make it happen. And we find out, which I had forgotten, that Mark then cheated on Addison. I totally forgot oh, that. Oh, I didn't remember that either. Yeah. And now he's back she trying to get with, with someone. I just looked it up. Scotty Doesn't Know is a fake song performed in the movie Eurotrip. Oh, Wow. Wow. Euro trip. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so yeah, Addison's feeling very guilty about being dishonest with Derek and the fact that she's getting all of the shit that she's getting, which I'm like, girl, take the money and run. Same. Um, I've, all the women, just take your money and go. Right. This is not complicated. Ugh, <laughs> so she eventually tells Derek in a bout of... Radical honesty. Idiot. Uh, everything that happened. And of course, Derek responds like Derek does, which he gets that fucking broken, falling, quivering chin face um, and gets upset and just mm-hmm. says, you know, I want Seattle <laughs> and to never see you again. All I want is Seattle. I want Seattle and I want never to see you again. So fucking dramatic. It's really funny that he says, all I want is Seattle. And it's like, dude, you just asked for one of America's largest cities. A city. (laughs) But that's all you want. (laughs) What a fucking douche. Uh, But it is crushing. He's really heartbroken in that scene. It's also interesting that Sloane kind of manipulates Addison into coming clean, if that's what Mm. you want to call it. Because Sloane, and I, I do kind of get Sloane here. So I don't understand why Addison would come forward for Addison. I get Sloane's position, which is, oh, so I just get to be the shithead mm-hmm. bad guy in all of this and you get off scot-free. Yep. So I do understand Sloane's stake in this radical honesty. But given the fact that he cheated on Addison, I'm just kind of like, Addison, you don't owe him shit. He's clearly a bad guy. Who right. the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares? Well, His and she... Derek's friendship is not about you. Like, nope. you don't have a relationship with this. Like, who cares if he feels like he's the villain in all of this? I mean, is she <laughs> fessing up to it to save face? Like, is Mark giving her, like, the if you don't tell him, I'll tell him sort of thing? See, I but didn't get still, that. Like... I, didn't, I didn't get that sense. 
Mm-hmm. I got the sense that Sloane just like made her feel bad and Addison is a quote unquote good person. Yeah. Who is Guilt. An, yeah. Yeah. She believes in Juju. She does believe in so Juju. So that's just, can't just gonna, underestimate it's going to come back around to her. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think also in this moment, like I understand that Derek was hurt by it, but like even his hurt doesn't feel justified to me. Yeah. Because I'm like, listen, dude, you both, did the thing. Yeah. And you found love in a hopeless place. You found it. <laughs> Happy belated birthday to Rihanna, by the way. If you're out there listening. Our queen. We stand. Come on the show. <laughs> oh my God. She's got better things to do. She does. I guess. Not Many. fucking that Saudi prince, though, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's too bad. Is it? He was hot and incredibly filthy rich. Let's hope that Rihanna finds love in a woman's (laughs) place. I would love for that to happen. (laughs) So this storyline sort of dovetails. Addison decides to be radically honest, just as Meredith decides to... (laughs) Also be honest? Just be honest. It's not radical. It's not radical. Um... And uh, fess up to Derek that she's dumped Finn. I don't really know why she <laughs> told him that to begin with. Well, why would there be a reason for her to tell him? I guess. Like, it's presumably not been very long. She's back from yeah. her surgery. Yeah. Uh, which, like, how long is the recovery on an appendectomy? I, a day, okay. apparently. Perfect. Is what it looks like, Great. according to this which show. I'm, I'm guessing that it wouldn't be that long. It's a laparoscopic surgery. Yeah. Um... But you also know. George did it, you know, so I feel like. Could have died. <laughs> um, so she decides to, yeah, be honest mm-hmm. and catches Derek right after Addison mm. has been radically honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And he is the dictionary definition of crestfallen. Oh, yeah. Which He's Meredith like, does not notice at there all. There is her. water in his eyes. Ugh, he's he so good. eye contact. He's just looking at the ceiling. He does he's, sad and handsome. Yeah. So very well. well. Very so well. well. I hate to admit it, but really well. But if Meredith had any, <laughs> any sort of awareness, she would have looked at him, which she was looking at him the entire time, and realized... That he was making that fucking terrible, I'm broken Derek face. Yeah. And maybe would have asked him what's wrong instead of being like, I have to tell you that I broke up with Finn. So that means we can be together now. And of course, Derek is like, okay. (laughs) Okay. That's literally his response was, okay. (laughs) Okay. It's, oh man, it sucks. It's it's a it's a tough elevator scene. That elevator mm-hmm. has seen some heartbreak. I mean, because you can see how hopeful Meredith is. She's like, <sighs> "Yes, I'm single," which He's never happens. Single. <laughs> okay, we can do this now. No. 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 Now he's mm-hmm. the broken one. Yeah. Uh, it sucks to see a person who's never optimistic. I, I just like feel optimism yeah, and then, and then have it immediately crushed because I also live that life. I was like, is that how you feel, Teresa? <laughs> I truly, with my entire being, believe that if you never get your hopes up, you can never be disappointed. And I Ooh, think that's like an important life philosophy to, to me. I don't think it is. I think it's just like a very realistic and practical way to live. Okay. So to watch Meredith 
in her one moment of optimism. Just Let's talk about that later off the just, microphone. Just gets smacked down is terrible. Just terrible. Mm. Yeah. So I think we should wrap up with Izzy. Yeah. Uh, ooh. And then by way of Izzy, we can sort of talk about Burke and Christina. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We miss them. Izzy still hasn't cashed the $8.7 million check. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah. Unbeknownst to us. Mm-hmm. Except that. So I feel so what I'm sort of speculating is that Izzy is feeling guilty. This whole show, This whole episode is about guilt. So... But what I'm not getting is what she's feeling guilty about. Yeah. Is she feeling guilty about the fact that she cut the LVAD wire? (laughs) Is she feeling guilty about the fact that she took too long to change her dress? Is she feeling guilty? Like, what is she feeling guilty about? That part feels unclear to me. It... Is she feeling guilty that, like, he left her the money? I think that's what she's feeling guilty Which, about. Which, like, what a dumb fucking thing it's to feel guilty about. It's the one thing to not feel guilty about is that this man who was in love with you left you this inheritance because he loved you and had planned to marry you. That's actually what you shouldn't feel guilty about. The fact that you... Killed him? <laughs> that you murdered him? The fact... <laughs> That you stole someone else's heart? The fact that you... That he's dead? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lot of, the, the fact that you implicated your friends in all you of this You committed mess. a crime? Yeah. Those are the things she you should feel... You got someone shot? Guilty for? And Patrice, I feel like those are all things she's not feeling guilty for at all. Yeah. She's pretty terrible. <sighs> so then she decides that she's going to... She's like, well, Addison's rich. I'm going to talk to her about it. I... Okay. In my notes, I said, again... I posit that Izzy's tumor is currently growing <laughs> right in this moment when she's asking about Addison being rich. It is pressing on whatever part it was pressing on for Blunt Benjamin from a few episodes ago. It's so like, true. No tact, Izzy. I don't understand the character development that's it's happening so for weird. Izzy right now. Like The writers are totally throwing me. I feel like they wrote her as one character in the first season. And in the second season, and now I'm just like, who is this flat person lacking any affect whatsoever? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's weird. weird. It's like, is it a limitation of Catherine Heigl? Is it a writing issue? Like, I don't know. Catherine Heigl's actually a pretty decent actress. Yeah. Um, But I just can't tell what's happening. So Izzy goes to the hospital because she is going to clean out her locker. She can finally enter the hospital. Because she's just cleaning out her locker. She's not going to do anything else. She stumbles into the M&M. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, like, I'm Weird. Like, How'd she find that room? There are restricted parts of this hospital. No. I felt that way with the People sex People stumble in everywhere. Too. Yeah. Like, their daughter comes in while they're getting fucking, like, x-rays or something. And I'm just like, where is the line in this hospital? So Izzy stumbles into the M&M. And then for some reason... Everyone has to babysit her. I don't yeah. understand why she doesn't just go home. But I think it's like because, she said she was going right, to do. I think they f- think that she's going to do something when she goes home. I'm unsure. Um, and so then Izzy's just fucking wandering around the hospital, like talking to people about Catching being up rich with people. and like what she's going to do and whatever. Ugh. It's... <laughs> It's very frustrating. The conversation with Addison is such a turnoff. She eventually ends up in Burke's office to talk to him. And she she describes them as being friends, which is when? like... 
Whoops. A retcon. What the fuck are you talking about? Who? I yeah. Who? I was like, she goes so far as to call him Preston, and I'm just like, what are, are it you? It is Doctor. It's Doctor fucking Burke or just Burke, like not Preston. Maybe you could call him Doctor Preston Xavier Burke. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's so weird. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Also weird is how Burke just escalates this into something it isn't like. Burke is so frustrated about his limitations oh physically as a surgeon right now. And he's just like. He needs to yell at every woman he passes. He has to. And it has to be a woman. And he's just like, "I, how dare you? You can hold a scalpel. You have two good you hands. You have two good hands. And it's like, dude, you could have two good hands, too, if you just told anybody at all that one of your hands is bad. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not doing that. This is a you problem, sir. <laughs> sir. Sir. This is this a Wendy's. Is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so Burke initially, like after the M&M, he goes to talk to the chief because he wants to tell the chief that he's having trouble with his hand. But the chief is like, oh, it's so good to have you back. You're a leader we can trust. And apparently he can't like put on his big boy pants and admit anything. And so instead he puts all of that inside and um, puts his anger out on other people. Yeah, yeah, including Izzy. Yeah. Um, and in the previous episode, it was Christina. Yes. Um, Still some Christina this episode yes. too. Yes. 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 I he's like determined to do paperwork, but apparently that can't happen because there is only one cardiothoracic surgeon at any given time. Well, there are two, but the other one's in surgery, remember? So then Burke has to step in for the I know, but that's what I'm dude. saying. That's that's oh, it. Right. There's yes. one other cardiothoracic surgeon, yes. and that's it for the whole hospital. That seems weird. Do you think that's true of any hospital? I It cannot be true. <laughs> yeah. It just can't. There's too many that heart attacks happening. That can't be true. There are to way too happening. many heart crises. Heart crises. <laughs> Total eclipse of the heart. Um... <laughs> So Burke is called in to do this surgery on the Prince Albert sex dude because uh, he has a fucking heart attack while they're trying to dislodge his piercing from his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. He's not having an orgasm. No, you think it's going to be one thing and then it's a very different thing. Totally another. Oh, okay, um, he's having a oh, heart attack. He's having a heart attack. Oh, my God. I mean, cut loose. Um, and so... Burke and Christina continue with this fucking crazy plan where Christina will be his hands. And mm-hmm. I I still can't fathom why they're going through with this plan. It doesn't make any sense to me um, because like the risk and the loss from getting caught or uh, or of something going wrong is just like too high. Yeah, it's too high. And it doesn't seem like anything that either of their characters would do. Yeah. Yeah. And it also seems very obvious. Like everyone else in the operating theater is kind of like looking with like really big eyes over their face masks at this thing happening. It's just like, I don't, how do you think that this is going to continue going on? But then the interns react. Yeah. Like it's not that huge. Like it's a really big deal. But it's also not inappropriate that yeah. she's doing a running whip stitch on a heart. Which which is what Izzy 
it's what brings Izzy back to reality is watching Christina do a running whip stitch on a heart. And she's like, that's all I want to do. And I'm like, like, that's not true. Unbelievable. You were never that bitch. Yeah. She's the least doctory doctor. You just now heard of a running whip stitch today. Right now. (laughs) Today. Today. And it reminded you of crocheting. And that's why you want to do it. Mm. Not because you're a surgeon. (laughs) It's a totally unbelievable turn for her. Yeah. If the turn had been like, I want to save lives, I would have believed it. Yes. But I want all I want to do is a running whip stitch on a heart. That's not Isabel Stevens. No, no not at all. <laughs> not at all. And so then Izzy, because she's seen this running whip stitch, goes to talk to the chief and says that she wants to come back. And the chief equates the crime... That she committed. Oh, this is so frustrating. The literal murder of a person with just a, a, an ordinary mistake that he made as an intern. And I, I don't get how people are still framing Izzy purposefully, intentionally mm-hmm. committing fraud <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, putting a patient's life at risk with just making a a simple intern mistake. Anyone could have made it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm so exhausted by this storyline wherein everyone around Izzy is talking about her, her intentional choice as though it's a mistake. And it keeps happening. Like, people are literally mad at her this episode for not returning to surgical practice. Because that shows like a lack of like fortitude or something. Instead of being like, wow, you're crazy and you committed a crime. Yes, this is criminal. Yes. You don't deserve a medical license. And so I think what's, I think what's incredible for us and what's incredibly frustrating for me is that like the chief in the story that he's telling, he literally did not know any better yet because he was a doctor in training. He didn't know necessarily what the best most effective move would be for his patient. Izzy did know better and she had enough knowledge actually to use her knowledge unethically Mm -hmm. to fuck over a patient, to cause harm to another patient with the ultimate goal of saving that patient, right? So she quite literally had all the knowledge Mm -hmm. and used her understanding of that knowledge of the medicine to make this criminal choice. That is not the same thing. It's not the same thing as what the chief did. And it's, it's, not. it's like, don't make me feel crazy, crazy anatomy. Stop gaslighting us. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm very sensitive to it. <laughs> uh. Uh. And that's, so, uh, I feel like that's all our cases. That's all the yeah. stories and the storylines. Yeah. And so should we? Should we talk about our M&M? Our M&M. Get to... Way more fun M&M. M&M. We're not going to place any blame on each other. <laughs> no. We're just going to lovingly look into yeah. each other's eyes while we talk about teardrop breakings and songs. sex scenes and songs. <laughs> Karevs. And Karevs. <laughs> Uh, none, none tears. No tears. (laughs) None none tears. No tears. Dry eyes. I I gave it a three. The elevator scene got me. 
It's really lovely. It maybe could have gotten me if I didn't feel like Meredith should have been just more self-aware. <laughs> okay, that's true. But to be fair, she was staring straight ahead, which is like their thing in the elevator, is that they just stare straight ahead. Uh, go back and watch that scene. She should have sensed the energy. No, she wasn't staring straight ahead. She looks directly at him. Oh, okay. That's pretty bad then. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I'm also a deeply unobservant person though, so again, okay. I feel you, Meredith. <laughs> What about the on-call room? Do you want to stand there and talk metaphors? Do you want to literally take off your pants? Uh, there was some implied sex. Callie and Mark at the beginning and yeah. Mark and Addison at, at the, the end. end. I, oh. I honestly can't imagine Sarah Ramirez and... No. Uh, what's his name? Dane. Eric Dane. Yeah. Fucking each other. No it, chemistry there. N- no. And, and no also, real chemistry in the Addison scene either at no, the end. No, they're yeah, they're mad both just at each sort other. Of like it was an angry fuck. Yeah. But both women get to tell him to shut up. Yes. Yeah. So great. <laughs> really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, the on-call room, I I said not the sex couple. I know that. That wasn't hot that at, wasn't all. Hot at all. Although, I, ooh, I should look that up later. I recognize the actress who was the, the woman in She that. seemed familiar to me, too, but I yeah. couldn't place her. Couldn't quite place her. Song of the week? Um, yeah, I actually, I really loved Kaleidoscope by Kate Hapnovic, which um, I love her and I love anytime Grace uses her, but it's actually um, kind of, it's a beautiful sort of um, song that has an orchestral buildup. Mm. And so for a while, it's just playing under, like in a subtle way underneath the dialogue of the elevator scene. And it actually seems... It actually feels out of place. Like the orchestral nature of the song feels really out of place. And you don't hear Kate Havnevik come in until the scene is almost entirely over. Hmm. Um, And I liked kind of the disorientation of it, but I also really love that song. And I spent a lot of time listening to Kate Havnevik today. So, Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, I gave my song of the week to Be Good or Be Gone by this Irish man whose name is spelled F-I-O-N-N, Fionn? But I don't know. I feel like Gaelic names are said weirdly. Oh, yeah. Uh, Regan. I just, like, I love a slow, mm. folky, sort of, like, sad-sounding song. Oh, like, yeah. My favorite band is Iron and Wine. Like, oh. you're always going to get me oh, yeah, with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. yeah. And, like, a... There was really good music words. this episode, actually. There were a I lot agree. of songs that I was unfamiliar with that I really liked how they were used. Death Tally. None. Nobody. I said Meredith died a very <laughs> no tiny birdie. death in the elevator. Nobody. <laughs> oh wait, no, I lied. I said George. Kelly kills him in the last scene. Yeah, Kelly. He dead. <laughs> How is he so oblivious? Yeah, yeah. She did absolutely murder him. Yeah. Bring him back to life and then murder him again. Yep. 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 Double O Seven. I said Izzy retroactively for killing Denny. Yeah, we get to. <laughs> Look at that again. I was like, oh, that's right. You're terrible. <laughs> did you have well, you already did that. No. No? I didn't. So we'll say Izzy for both of us. Sure. Izzy for both of us. Uh, Karev of the week. That one guy. Yeah. I said that fucking nobody asshole from I said the Eminem. that dickhead. Yeah. And we, know, we knew exactly who, who is that guy? the other person was talking about. Chief resident. I gave it to Bailey. Yeah. Same. Yeah, same. She put up with a lot of shit. And so still was a really good doctor. Shit. She was a really yes. good doctor. Oh my God. God, this poor woman. Uh, line of the week. 
<laughs> so I had kind of a bookend line of the week. I had a, I had a couple, but I really liked that we started the episode with Callie lying in bed with Sloan. And Sloan says something stupid. And Callie says, You were sexier when you weren't talking. And then at the end of the episode, Sloan is lying in bed with Addison. And Sloan says something stupid, like, at least you don't have to feel guilty anymore. And Addison just goes, Shut up. Exactly. <laughs> Be quiet, Mark. Um, it's, it's really great. <laughs> uh, my line of the week was Bailey talking to that dickhead guy after she realizes that, like, being a parent makes her good. And she says, That's right. I'm babysitting. I'm being all unprofessional and emotionally involved while my patient and her husband are having a moment together. Oh, you might want to leave now. I'm feeling a rush of hormones coming on. There's no telling what I might do. <laughs> In other words, like, I'm going to fuck you up yeah, so you yeah, should yeah, get yeah. away from me. <laughs> you better run, sir. Yeah. Uh, there were some There were some good ones. Um, it, was, it was a good episode overall. I really liked it. Medical fact of the week. Um, we kind of talked about this already. I uh, did Google a little bit about Prince Albert Pearson's. <laughs> So that was fun. But I also Googled how common does sex actually send people to the R, given Ooh, that there are a couple of TLC tell. shows about it. Um, and I actually like didn't really read this article, but I need to share with you this, this headline from 2010. I'm ready. Boo-boos in the bedroom more common than you think. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> it's so bad it's from like NBC News the whole article is so cringeworthy I have no concrete statistics to give you but I do I will tell you that one of the ending paragraphs is this also keep pets out of the out of the bedroom she a doctor says citing a recent study she conducted on the subject cats have been known to jump on the bed and quote scratch at genitals end quote <laughs> When they see their owners getting frisky. <laughs> Listen, my kids have never scratched at my genitals. You say so you're doing something really right or something really wrong. I don't know. Uh, also, when you said the thing about keeping cats out of the bedroom, the thing that I thought about was that I remember an article about a woman who had to have a fucking like cat fur ball removed from her vagina oh, because no, cat that fur is unholy. had built up no. oh, inside no. her vagina. And I'm just like, oh, wow. 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 I would say that um, if anyone is interested in how often people are rushed to the ER for sex injuries, um, the now defunct website Deadspin, my favorite sports site of all time, and you can still access their archive of articles. But every single year at the end of the year, they would run um, a piece called What We Got Stuck in Our Rectums This Year. Oh, God. Um, and it was, it was always, always delightful. So if you'd like to know a little bit more about what emergency room doctors see when someone comes in with a sex injury... It probably has to do with someone sticking something without a flared base up their bum hole. I've also Remember flared base, guys. Flared Always base. a flared base. <laughs> Literally, your rectum just leads to your intestines. <laughs> um, also, if you head over to our Twitter account, at code underscore grays underscore, I uploaded a little video of a running whip stitch. Not on a human person. 
um, a Just knitting a piece of fabric, a knitting running whip stitch. It's not knitting. I She's don't know. Sewing. They're all She's the same. Using, no, Whatever. What Teresa? But a running whip stitch is a running suture. So like you're not. It's not an interrupted stitch. You're not tying a knot. You're trying to save time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to see, isn't that what if all you want to see or is? practice that, then uh, please do. But again, not on each other. Don't do that. <laughs> Maybe I'll link show. to what we got to the 2019 what we got stuck up our rectums this year. Gross. I'll link to that on our Twitter too. You're so welcome in advance. <laughs> that is our show. Yeah. That's it. We did it. This is what you can look forward yes. to until Megan comes back Please at some point. Keep listening. <laughs> we're we're great too, guys. Listen. We know that Megan had the real voice, yeah. the real velvet dulcet tones. Oh my god. But we have stuff to offer. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Vocal fry. <laughs> <laughs> audio issues um you should definitely subscribe uh to our podcast on apple music you should listen to us download our episode rate us give us five fucking stars write us a review we'd really like it nobody leave reviews anymore i don't leave reviews on my podcast yeah i know i don't either either. but i'm gonna start this week just like you will leave us a review only if it's nice um, you can also listen to us on Stitcher, on Spotify. I know you have Spotify, so there are no excuses here. I don't have Spotify. Wow. I actually don't either. Um, <laughs> uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Acast, Podbean, our lovely host. Literally, truly, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, you can find us. You can also find us on Twitter, at code underscore grays underscore. You can email us with questions, comments, and concerns, codegrays at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Instagram now. Um, we are at podcast. We got some fun stuff up there, so check us out. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We yeah. will see you next week. We will. 